Hi guys, and welcome to today's episode of Hyperfixations Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite on really cool guests and have them talk about their favorite topics, things they can talk about for hours, basically just very cool things that they can talk about for ages. I'm your host, Mal. And I'm Nigel. And today we're going to be talking to Ali. Hey, hello. Are we going to ask Ali how she is? Yeah, how, how are you doing today, Ali? I'm doing well, thanks, and you? I'm good. Now, do you want to maybe explain to the audience why they might not recognize my voice as much as they recognize yours? Okay, so if you don't know who Mal is, like, first of all, that's weird. You should watch episode 11 of Mm -hmm. Hyperfixations. Why haven't you done that? Um, (laughs) Mal is our guest co-host for today because today the episode is me, Ali. The guest is me, Ali. Like, um, And I'm here to talk. Yeah, I am here for our 25th 25th episode-like special. I'm here to talk. Very cool. We're so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Aren't we, Nigel? Yeah, finally. Yeah. Finally. Finally. I, I, like, 24 episodes of chasing and hounding you down, and finally, like the white <laughs> whale in Moby Dick, we've got you. Mm-hmm. Hey. Pretty much. Now you're here, and you, you gotta don't just look, tell us don't look all the cool things. Yeah. Don't look deeper into the white whale metaphor, because it does not stand up if, <laughs> if you look into it any deeper. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, what are you here to talk to us today uh, about, Ali? Horror. Um, mainly horror movies, and I might go into things like internet horror and creepypastas as well. Ooh. Okay. Very uh, scary. So why, yeah, why horror, like, cinema specifically? Because I feel like th- this is the first kind of topic where it's similar to something else we've discussed like um episode 20 we did with william wellman of hello from the hollowoods they did horror literature so i feel like this might have it probably won't have a lot because of how media work but there's like an overlap in i guess the titles like if people were scrolling through they were Mm, like oh two horror episodes (laughs) but um so why did you pick that for today's episode Well, I was kind of going through like what I would want to talk about and the thing that I kept coming back to was horror movies. It's an interest that I've had for a good couple of years actually, although funnily enough, like when I was younger, I used to hate horror, I used to be terrified of it. Um, I think most people are scared of horror when they're very young. That's true, yeah, but like I didn't (laughs) want anything to do with it. Um, I remember one of my one of my earliest horror member memories actually was when I was in around fifth class and this girl who sat next to me, she saw like the Saw she watched the Saw movies and oh. she would tell me and she would tell me like what happened in them and I was like, Oh my god, this is awful but I was also like, Oh tell me more <laughs> Um But yeah, I remember like I would hear about horrors, like I knew about different horrors. I remember my mum told me that she saw this art of psycho once and I was like, that sounds terrifying. I never want to go near that mm-hmm. ever. And then when I was around, I was around 12 or 13, I thought I was big into the Hunger Games and I knew that one of the actresses, Isabel Furman, was in a movie called Orphan that had come out a couple oh. of years prior. Yeah, and then I got really into that. And wait, sorry, who it, did Isabel Furman play in the Hunger Games? Because like I don't have oh. a visual of her in my head. No, oh, she was the just Clove. She was the District Two girl. Nope. <laughs> the dark I hair. Were, sort of. I thought you were going to say a recognizable 
character. <laughs> You're like, I hate to say it, I don't know who she is. Um. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen this woman before in my life. Uh, yeah, sorry, I don't even know who you are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I got really in, I heard about that, I got really interested in that. I looked up the summary of it, which was stupid i shouldn't have done that because it has like <laughs> quite the twist it has quite the twist at the end but i did end yeah. up watching it and i absolutely loved it it wasn't the first horror movie i ever watched so it was the third i'm pretty sure okay what were the first two the first one was the ring the american uh. one which i still i still really like i still really like that today like naomi watts um can't go wrong um and i think it's probably a good one because i was around 13 when i saw it and it's kind of one that's scary but not like too scary, like in my yeah, opinion. Anyway, yeah. the second one, and this is like horrible, and it'll probably come up in another discussion I will have later in this episode. And I wouldn't recommend this to anyone that young, or any, mm. or potentially anyone at all. But it was the 1970s version of The Last House on the Left, directed by Wes Craven. Oh, because I used to watch yeah. this. This these this guy talk about the most disturbing movies ever made, and that one came up. And I found it in its entirety on YouTube, and I just like watched the whole thing. Oh god! Age thirteen. Oh, no. What age I... you when you watch that then? Thir- thirteen. Like I was just watching it. I was Ooh. like, "This is fine. This is normal." <laughs> oh, that's very young. Yeah, yeah. Like don't, don't, like don't be like me. Like no mm-hmm. one, I like know. any children listening to this. I have no concept of Last House on the Left, directed by Wes Craven. Although I do. Um, so this is re- this is really funny because mm. when we were discussing horror literature with William, it, yeah. we recorded that in the summer. Yeah. And and now we're recording this in November, and I'm doing I'm writing my dissertation now on horror literature. Um, oh, very so cool. It's like the timeline does the timeline does not like sync up, but I'm talking about films, and so I do. I quote an article from a journal that yeah. talks about Last House on the Left, but I have no no concept <laughs> of it. Last House on to the give... Left, Wes Craven, 1972. Yeah, to give you like a brief kind of like, a very brief rundown, it was kind of Wes Craven before Nightmare on Elm Street, before Scream, before like um, a lot of that really. It's a more kind of low budget one and the premise of it is um, these girl, these like teenage girls, they like um, go to a concert, I think it is, and then they get like kidnapped by this like um, gang of like criminals, and like <laughs> various terrible things happen to them, and then the family of one of the girls like gets her like gets revenge on them. Like that's kind of the gist of it. Like um, it's yeah. very violent. It's very violent. It's very um. Yeah, there is a remake of it that was made in two thousand nine, which I actually prefer to the. I prefer that one to the original. I saw that recently. Okay. Enough. It's, um, it's still like, it's still like rough. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, it felt yeah. like a little less, um, like kind of, but like unnecessarily like over the top. Like, but I'll come back to that like later when I'm talking about kind of that subgenre of horror. Yeah. Okay. And like, what sort of subgenres of horror? Like, I know like there's like sort of slashers and there's like psychological and. I'm sure there's many more. Which sort of, I guess, style of horror movie would be ones that you enjoy the most? Or do you have a style that you enjoy the most? I'm not sure I really have a style I maybe enjoy the most. Like, I'll have to think about this. Like, I like a lot of different ones for different reasons. Like, um, 
I love yeah. like a good slash. I love like a good slasher. Like you know, I love Halloween. I love I love Scream. Mm. Um, I watched the the first two Scream movies recently. Like, and I can't wait for the <laughs> new one. I yeah. think my favorite my favorite one would probably be kind of um anything that's kind of like psychological and a bit like mindfucky. Like okay, I'm thinking yeah. like the one I watched most recently was The Lighthouse. Um, and these that's days the I. Robert Pattinson and Willem Yeah. Dafoe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Okay. I didn't and know Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like these days, I wouldn't scare very easily. Like you know. Yeah. That one. That one did like um frighten me. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the, yeah it, I it's heard an, that was it's very an, good. It is very good. It's an interesting one because um my um when it was in cinema my boyfriend and I were going to see that yeah in, we were going to see it in the cinema but the mm-hmm. day we were meant to see it lockdown was announced and like oh the cinemas were closing after six o'clock so I never <laughs> got around watching it until recently and then he watched it separately and he was just like I'm not sure that would have been a good date movie looking back <laughs> yeah maybe not you were only going out recently enough as well at the start of lockdown weren't you yeah, like we, like we actually made, ended up making. Sorry like to official, divert like, from the topic of um, <laughs> no, no. just move on to your personal yeah, well, life. Yeah, <laughs> my entire personal life. Yeah, we made it official the night we were meant to go to the cinema because we ended up going to the pub oh. instead because they weren't close yet. <laughs> Fun story. Oh. So that's a very nice story. Like you know, um, yeah, the, the, like unlike the lighthouse, the lighthouse is terrifying. <laughs> mm. Conversely, mm. I scare very easily, but I don't think mm. it's by horror films when I'm watching them. It's the implications that come after them. There's really right. where, like, I'm on my own. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, like, I have very, like, I have very severe anxiety. And so mm. that's mm. what gets to me. And it's, like, most horror films, because, like, an awful lot of them are kind of, like, schlocky jump scare horror now. Yeah. Um... Yeah. And so I don't watch an awful lot of that, but there was ones that seem like genuinely interesting, and I'll watch them if they have an interesting premise. Like I really want to go and see Antlers, that new film that's come out. Um, oh also, yeah. So, um, Scott yeah. Derrickson's new film that's coming out next year, The Black Phone, seems really oh. eerie. But there's yeah. very few like filmic pieces of horror, uh, and even less written pieces of horror that make me feel scared um like the mm. only horror book i think that did that was salem's lot by stephen king and most of the stuff actually that made most of the horror stuff that made me actually scared while mm. watching it was all directed by mike flanagan fuck you mike flanagan fuck you <laughs> mike flanagan is a genius like but he is but he's scary i, I like... love him mike flanagan is such a wife guy and i'm here for it this is a complete <laughs> diversion his <laughs> wife is Kate Siegel. She's the one who played Theo oh, Crane in Hill House. Yeah. They're married. She's in, yeah, they met she's on in the everything set of, he makes. Oh my god, yeah, that's met, so cute. They met on the set of Oculus, which was a movie that came out in 2014, and I saw it in the cinema. And she, she like Kate Siegel, plays like the ghost in that. And um, I'm pretty sure they met there. And like she's been in everything he's directed like since, which I think is pretty cool. That is very cute. Yeah, yeah he's also like done. He he's taken on the role of like being the new so uh, i guess this is the point where we bring up stephen king slightly like 
Mike Flanagan has taken on the role <laughs> of being the new guy who adapts Stephen King. So, like, back in the mm-hmm. 90s, this was Frank Darabont, and Frank Darabont had this killer run of, like, where he did Shawshank Redemption, he did Green Mile, he did The Mist, and mm-hmm. then also, uh, like, I mean, also, like, um, Rob Reiner's Stand By Me, that mm. was quite good. Um, you know, like, he had a few... Um, and then obviously like Mick Garris did a lot of the TV stuff, but now Mike Flanagan, but he's taking ones that when you read the book, you don't see how you could adapt them and make them scary. But Mike Flanagan has done Gerald's Game and Dr. Sleep. And he Mm -hmm. was meant to do... Yeah. He was meant to do a... He had written up a script and everything for this 2014 book called Steve, uh, by Stephen King called mm-hmm. um, Revival, which is like Stephen King kind of tackling cosmic horror. Like Ooh, it's really, okay. really bizarre. But he had done a version of that, and then they like axed it um, before they ever Aww. did like a, a proper treatment for it. But yeah, like I'm thinking, like the degloving scene in Gerald's game fucks me up. Oh, yeah. I still haven't seen Gerald's game, but I'll have to because, like, I would say Mike Flanagan, like, along with Jordan Peele, Mike Flanagan is probably mm. like one of my favorite horror directors. Like, he's yeah, he's brilliant. Like, I've seen Oculus, yeah. I've seen The Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Hill House, like, fuck me up, man. Um, oh yeah, that was so good. Blind Manor as well. I haven't seen Blind Manor, but I have seen Midnight Mass. I finished that last oh, week. Oh yeah, like, like, oh my god, so good, but like, also, like, what the fuck? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, if you're going to watch Gerald's Game, obviously, like, it's a Stephen King stuff, so you kind of, like, have to go in expecting mm-hmm. weird, like, sexual violence against female characters. Like, also, yeah. this is a book he wrote in the 90s. I think it was 92. Um, yeah. Extreme mm-hmm. gore. Um, oh, yeah, very much, yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, like, just, can we take a moment to appreciate, have you seen all of Midnight Mass Mall? Yes. Yeah, the bit at the end, so... Spoilers for Midnight Mass. Well, no, slight spoilers. The bit where everyone stops singing. No, just the bit where everyone stops singing mid-song. Oh, yeah. And that That was... like, If we leave it at that, no one will Mm. know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. When the singing stopped, that was... That that was a moment. Yeah, It really was, like... A fucking incredibly weighty moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just kind of there, like, oh god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Very much think, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think actually that a lot of Mike Flanagan's work is um, proof that like people sometimes have a bit of a snobby view of horror, like you know when they think that like mm. it's a really like bad genre and can't ever like um, do anything deep, but like. Um, when you think about like Mike Flanagan, I feel like in particular Midnight Mass, it like really like tackled um, like things like like being raised Catholic, like um, the influence of like the Catholic Church and like the like genuinely horrible things they have done in the name of faith, um, addiction. Yeah, and, like, like as well. Irish people, we're quite well aware of that, you know. So like it it really is resonant for our like you know audiences our side of the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Like, I remember actually my brother said he was like looking at something. He was saying like Midnight Mass fans, and I was like Midnight Mass fans. Like, is that not just the like raised Catholic support group? <laughs> yeah. 
but like stands in what way like that are i don't know because like i think the biggest the biggest stan of midnight mass as a series is rahul kohli um because they've just been going ham promoting it and being like this is fantastic and i have to support them you know Mm. for being so enthusiastic about the process (laughs) oh yeah it is it is a it is a fantastic show like um Mm. like as well like the one thing about Mike Flanagan's work, the cast that like appears in a lot, a lot of them, like obviously Kate Siegel was in Hill House and mm-hmm. um, Midnight Mass. Um, who else was? Um, well, Henry Rahul Mott. Coley was in both uh, Bly and Midnight Mass. Yeah, Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas was in like, you know, like that cast yeah. is like, you know, like something special. Mm, yeah, definitely. but as well, can I just like, the genius of casting Henry Thomas in sinister-ish roles like in Gerald's game you know he's like just his role is really fucked up but Henry Thomas is the kid from E.T. like you have this preconception (laughs) of him like like if you grew up in that time or if you're familiar with that you have this preconception and then Mm. like in Bly as well like he plays two different characters like yeah one one version of the character and then like basically his evil self speaking to him and like yeah it's a fucking fantastic performance oh yeah no he's such a good actor oh, he's, he's really brilliant like pulls it off mm. yeah um to steer it away slightly from uh mike flanagan corner until we eventually get mike flanagan mm. on the show um oh, yeah. don't put it past me. any day now uh any mm-hmm. day now and we'll you up mentioned... yeah you <laughs> mentioned as well that um jordan peele was your other favorite like modern horror director yes and for director like you know just like full stop like to be honest he's um i would say that get out is if it's not my favorite movie of all time it is definitely in like my top three like at least um mm. it is so <laughs> oh, good. sorry what I, I just remembered something <clears throat> So, yeah, you know right? the other, like, big Jordan Peele horror film, Us, yes? Us, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so at the quiz I was at on Saturday, which was, like, you know, an international thing. I'm not trying to toot my own he- horn here, being like, oh, yeah, remember the quiz thing. Um, you know, yeah. I wouldn't bring it up if it wasn't funny. One of the quiz <laughs> questions, like, one of the bonus questions that the other team got. So bear in mind, I'm against teams from places like Oxford, Cambridge, Edinburgh University, right? One um, of the questions basically yeah. like describes the plot of the film Us, you know, talking about like the tethered mm. and they live in this underground group, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, basically the question is, what is the name of the film? And the team goes, Coraline. What? <laughs> oh my goodness. Which, Are they like, wrong though? they're not they're not wrong but i'm laughing at how funny it is and then when you stop and think about it you're like huh those films are weirdly similar yeah there's a lot in common there i was terrified of carline as a child i remember we got it on dvd because i really liked the book and then halfway through i like turned it off i was like nope nope (laughs) yeah oh no i love it i need to watch it again like you know like like Mm. the aesthetic like um but like like it's it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's just like you know, like very freaky. Yeah. Yeah. True. That's like most of my stuff. Where it's like I watched this as a kid or read it or whatever, and it's like now mm. I'd like to come back to it as an adult with uh, like discerning tastes. Yeah. 
Mm. That's how it is, by the way. Yeah. Well, what do you but think? Yeah, you were saying about Jordan that. Peele, oh, yeah, sorry. a good director. Uh, uh, I think, um, like, I think uh, Get Out, one of the reasons Get Out, like, um, kind of stood out to me so much was because the way, like, as I've said, like, horror is, like, I find horror can be really good at, like, you know, like, doing, like, messages and, like, speaking about important themes. And the message that Get Out, like, um, the message that Get Out does and, like, portrays in that, like, how it does it, I think, is completely phenomenal. Like, I wrote an essay on it for college this semester gone by and specifically about, like, the sunken place and Get Out and what it represents. I also find it quite interesting how many people, many like fellow white people like um mm. seem to misinterpret the message because I think it's a take at like, you know, like Republicans and um like Donald Trump supporters, but it's not. It's um like it's about um like like the movie is like directed at like, you know, like white liberals who like think that they are like who like would believe themselves to be like very progressive. Like it's mm. like it's meant to be like very um like, a lot of people are saying, like, well, the movie's racist against, like, white people. Like, um, like, the, if yeah. the movie First makes racism you racism is not a thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh my god, mm. I'd go blue in the face, but, like, um, like, people, like, I feel like if the movie makes you uncomfortable, then, like, mm. like probably should. But, like, um, it's interesting, actually, because Jordan Peele, like, for the Golden Globes, Get Out was nominated in, you know, the category that's, like, comedy, musical, oh, yeah. whatever, for, for comedy. Because, like, apparently mm. a horror can't have, like, a few jokes in it without it becoming a horror comedy. Like, yeah. um... Yeah. Get Out mm. is not horror. Get Out is not a horror comedy. Like, that's the hill no. we're playing on today. It's I, a horror I wouldn't even with... describe it as a comedy in any capacity. It is very much a horror movie. Yeah, about... it's a horror with... Yeah. It's a horror with, like, um... <laughs> funny with like funny moments like you know like or like yeah. funny lines like um mm -hmm. yeah and Jordan it's... Peele said it's not a comedy it's a documentary and that's which, funny. like <laughs> which is which is brilliant like um yeah but I think I know, just that, like, like you were saying as well I'd say it's that one joke as well isn't it um in the movie that sort of describes the type of white people that he's so clearly like trying to show the other side of it is the whole like, oh, I would have voted for Obama a third time. Yeah. And like at the time the movie came out, there were so many people saying like, oh yeah, like he sounds just like my uncle or like my daughter, you know, like Americans would be saying this stuff, and it's like, yeah, like yeah, I've legitimately heard people say that. It was just very. He clearly did, or like he clearly did his research on the kind of white people he was portraying, and absolutely didn't realize it. Them. Yeah, and like I feel like it's very interesting, like the way um when like the horror like in a way like um mm. comes in before anything before anything like violent happens because the minute he shows up and like the way they act like the fact that like the thing about voting mm. for Obama like you know like it's oh, one of the yeah. first as far as I remember it's one of the first things he said to him and remember when he mentions like Jesse Owens and things and oh yeah. Mm. And the brother is more obvious about it, like, you know, like, asking, does he want to fight, saying, like, oh, like, with your, like, makeup, you'd be, like, a beast, and, like... Yeah. Like, And even it's before not, that, like, like, when they get stopped from the cops in the car. On yeah, the way. like, um... Yeah. It's kind of, like, a foreshadowing of, like, things to come, mm. like, and... 
Yeah. And that's a scene actually that a lot of people also kind of like misinterpret because people had a theory that the mm. reason he asked to see Chris's license was um because of like black because of like the black people that have been going missing. Mm. And yeah. I'm like, I get that, I get theories, but like that's not what the scene was about. The scene was about no. like um like just like racism it's kind of almost racism. like a, yeah. a foreshadowing like of um yeah. stuff, but like like the party scene as well in mm. Get out. Nothing like you know violent happens, but like it's yeah so uncomfortable. And I feel like mm-hmm. like I did write an essay like talking about how the whole like twist to get out without giving too much away like is just yeah. um, I don't know it it says like um so much about kind of like white entitlement and um mm. like not seeing black people as people like it's. Like it's a, yeah. a fantastic movie, and I feel like as I get older, I kind of become like more educated about the stuff because, like you know, like like we're never done yeah. learning. Like there's always things to learn. Like and I feel like I kind oh, of spot new things. Yeah, and I spot new things yeah. about it all the time. I think it is a brilliant, brilliant movie. Mm. How familiar are you with like other things Jordan Peele has done outside of um outside of like film directing? Ali. Not very. I know he's. I know he's like known for like comedy and, but like I. Oh, I did. I didn't mean the comedy. Yeah. Um, like no. And so he he was the host of the CBS revival of the Twilight Zone, which this I watched like a familiar. season. Yeah, this is a season. I watched a season and a bit of it, and it's not very good. And I think that's <laughs> largely due to the fact that they're trying to live up to the original one and Rod Serling, who is sadly dead. Um, mm. And, like, obviously, you know, they bring new stuff to it. So, like, like I feel like most of the stuff, like, the episodes aren't really good until you get to, like, the kick in the end, which, like, the original mm. Twilight Zone did quite well. You know, like, I'm mm. thinking of, like, the episode where there's the one guy left and, you know, he's got all of his books and he's ready to read at the steps of the library. And then his glasses fall and break, and he can no longer see. Um, you know that kind of stuff. There's an episode yeah. they did in season one called "Not All Men," and <laughs> ooh, but, no. controversial. So before, no. So it's okay. It sounds like it's controversial, but I think like the <laughs> twist at the end is really interesting. The whole thing—it's okay. got the lady from season one of uh, American Horror Story, um, Taysa Farmiga. Is that how you say her name? Something like that. Sure. She played, she played sure. um, Violet Langdon. Um, anyway. Oh. But so this meteorite crashes into town and it starts mm-hmm. affecting all the only the men in town where they become like crazy violent like animals, start attacking everyone. And then mm-hmm. at the end there's like this one guy who's been with them the entire time and mm-hmm. they're like, Well, why weren't you affected by the meteorite? And they, uh, they're being like studied by scientists and they're like they're asking mm. him, he's like i just decided not to and the kick in the the kick in it is like mm. the men are like this because they make the choices that they make there is no ah. reason why they're such a danger to women you know mm. apart from the fact that they're just fucking dickheads <laughs> yeah yeah like they, um, like everyone everyone has a choice yeah, yeah exactly and like it, you know as an amab person i don't want to like you know, try and preach to the choir here. Um, <laughs> no, 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 but, of course not. Yeah, but like, it is a really interesting watch. But the one I was thinking of, mm. when, when you brought up the driver's license scene and Get Out, there's an, a whole episode. It's episode three. It's called Rewind, where 
it's centered around like the uh black experience like in dealing mm. with police in america where mm. basically like they're on their way to this family well the single mother she's on her way to yeah. bring her kid to college and they get pulled over by a cop and mm. she's like using this vid- old video camera to yeah. uh, like document the stuff and yeah. it uh like the police officer you know who has no reason to stop them that's this is what mm. you need to like what is shown yeah. throughout the episode he stops yeah. them and then an altercation happens where he perceives the son to have a weapon when he doesn't and he shoots him and kills him um oh. you know like yeah this is like you know this is the thing that happens all the time you know yeah, mm, yeah um, absolutely but the thing like obviously because this is a twilight zone there has to be some kind of supernatural stuff um yeah. she hits rewind on the video camcorder and they go back in time to before oh. he dies but yeah. they end up in this loop where no matter what they try the policeman always is there like the threat mm. of the police is always yeah. there for african american yeah. people mm. and i was watching this like at the time that the george floyd and wow. uh, brianna taylor stories were yeah. breaking in the news like when they were yeah. happening i just mm-hmm, happened yeah. to be watching um the twilight zone and i was like fuck yeah it's exactly like if this makes you mm. uncomfortable good think about why it's it yeah. like yeah, yeah yeah you should be uncomfortable about it yeah I yeah. think that's yeah, awful. and I think that that's like in a way like you know partially why horror can like um can be good for like um like message for like you know like topics like this like you know because horror like by its nature is designed mm-hmm. to make you um uncomfortable like it's it's designed to like you know like and there's and a lot of times there's a reason for that like um yeah I recently saw last night in soho um which no spoilers um because it's very new and mom still hasn't seen it um i haven't seen it I, either i'm gonna go see it nigel also hasn't seen, seen it, it but yet. like but like Mom, it's right um, to my house and we'll go see last night so perfect yes <laughs> um can't wait um but like um i thought it was like i thought it was very good but like yeah. i found it so like interesting how it uses like um like horror to like depict violence against um women because these things these things like violence mm. against women these things like racism they are like by their nature like horrifying like, mm. the fact that things like this happen is like yeah like like um i find um like another film that kind of tackled like violence against women was um the new black christmas movie that came out in 2019 i think i don't know whether any of you saw that no, no I, I, I remember I seeing trailers at the start of YouTube videos, but then I was like too poor to go to the cinema, so I didn't actually go and see it. <laughs> yeah, I did see it. It was um, it was it was good. It was decent. Um, it certainly wasn't as bad as everyone was like um claiming it to be. <laughs> okay, but, but like, like also, what group of people were claiming it was bad? I will give you one guess. Black people. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, obviously, obviously it's the white people. They always have a fucking problem with everything. Mm. It was the men. <laughs> yeah. And like, um, oh. it was like, I feel like, and again, like the way some people were talking about, they were like, oh, this is painting out all men to be bad. And like, da, 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 da. and I was mm. kind of like, maybe think about why this is make this message is making you all uncomfortable. Mm. I also think it's very funny the way a lot of times men will be you know uncomfortable or 
unhappy about how men are portrayed in movies uh, when women write movies. Um, you know, they feel like there's yeah. a bias against them. They feel like they're shown as the bad guys. And then if women say, hey, I don't like the way women are portrayed in this movie. I don't like when women, like the, what's it, like the Madonna whore dichotomy or like yeah, women yeah. being forced into like uncomfortable, like female actresses being forced into uncomfortable positions to fulfill male fantasies in movies. Yeah. But we're just complaining. Like we're, like it's there's, art. There's like, war, we wouldn't understand. Than, like, we don't. We don't get it, you know, like because it, it yeah. it's art, um, and I just find that very interesting. And by interesting, I do mean annoying. And it is very yeah. interesting <laughs> and annoying. Like, and like, there's a sub there's a subreddit actually called R slash Medroid Women. Um, <laughs> I, I would recommend it. it. Yeah. It's very, mm -hmm. yeah, I would recommend it. It's very funny, but also you might get like damaged something by rolling your eyes, like um, <laughs> so yeah. far back into your brain. But yeah. like, I feel like again, this is kind of a thing with like horror like one thing i usually yeah. say is that a lot of horror seems to be walking a very fine line between mm. like um feminism and um misogyny yeah that's what i was going to say well well i was going to say mm -hmm. two things where it's like in my mind promising young woman by emerald fennel is a horror film oh yeah mm. i haven't seen it but yeah fair enough yeah but then also what was i going to say yeah just like on the madonna horror dichotomy like we mm. i think we all need to take a moment to appreciate jamie lee curtis and her <laughs> like continuing role as uh laurie holden in the halloween franchise where she's Stroud. just like oh sorry who's laurie Stroud. holden i'm not sure maybe you're thinking of haddonfield as the name of the town i could be that that i've just gotten the two confused in my mind your, br your, your um, brain just made up a new name it's all good <laughs> yeah but yeah, but yeah so new mandela yeah, effect like especially with yeah wake up babe new mandela effect just dropped um, <laughs> yeah no but, but yeah. like that is especially hmm. with the new ones because like they're kind of like canonical this is like set text of horror cinema you know because it's hmm. like john carpenter yeah the 70s you've got a slasher yeah. you know like it's michael myers and of course like yeah. it's a man with no face which i think is mm -hmm. that's a big thing with a lot of slashers as well mm -hmm. like they're horror films but all of them are men with blank masks that you can project anything onto yeah absolutely definitely um the strong yeah and, genre. and the new Halloween films being like, no, we're taking we're taking ground back now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what I Lori will has say... a shotgun. <laughs> nah. As she as she deserves. Um no, Not but obvious. I will say that a very good film that I saw I was gonna say recently, but I think it could have been a few months ago at this point, but time's meaningless, so you know. Yeah, um, that's true. But it was um Freaky, which is a spin oh, yeah. on Freaky Friday, but it's a slasher huh. movie where the final girl and the killer do a Freaky Friday. Oh, so he wakes oh, up in her body. Oh, this the one with Vince Vaughn. Yes. Yes. And such a good film. It was so funny, and it started off very brutally. And, and then it didn't... I, I thought it... I 
I honestly thought that I was like, what have I got myself into after the opening scene? <laughs> but then it got very, very funny to the point where even like the sort of the horror elements didn't like, they weren't really very shocking to me because I was just like enjoying myself so much. Um, Fair. Yeah, brilliant movie would definitely recommend for like a good um, spin on the genre. Like it's, it does something very unique that I haven't, I don't think any film has like done anything close to that kind of like level of, I guess, wackiness for it that I really enjoyed it. I'm gonna yeah. ask, I'm definitely gonna have to watch that. But like the issue mm. of the final girl is an interesting one because this TikToker I watch, um their at I believe is Kenna the Vampire Slayer. Um Oh yeah. Did a I know her, yeah. Um yeah. Did a TikTok, um did like a series of TikToks which they then compiled into a like three minute long video, like when there was the three mm-hmm. minute feature. Um, talking of like kind That's of like no talking longer about... a thing. Oh, sorry, I meant like when it was brought in. It is still a thing to. Ah, oh, okay. But like, no, sorry, I still like, haven't any... gotten that feature. Oh jeez. But like, um, <laughs> they um, so they made like things. They're like deconstructing the final girl um trope, and I cannot mm. remember everything they said. Like now, for life because my memory is shocking. <laughs> but like, mm. um, if anybody can find it, I would recommend like looking it up because it's um a very good one. But the whole yeah. final girl trope is interesting because on one hand, it is, like I said, it is interesting that like in a slasher movie, if there's going to be one survivor at the end, inevitably like um, the survivor is going to be a girl. And you could say that mm. like, um, that's like feminist. And I'm kind of like, <coughs> to a point. Mm. I think another because... thing as well is that like, it's usually like in the older films, especially like it's always very tied to like virginity and pureness. Yeah. Unlike, I was getting to that. Yes. Yeah. It was getting to that, like, you know, the mm. idea that, like, um, there was, like, it's like in Scream when, like, your man's talking about the rules, like, um, oh, if yeah. you, like, do it, like, when Randy says, like, no, the first rule is don't have sex because, like, um, mm-hmm. you're going to die. But, like, um, this is why Scream and Mean Girls are the same film. Yes, exactly. Join us on our Patreon to just, while we discuss this important topic. <laughs> But like, um, yeah. I just find like, if a if a girl in a horror movie ever does anything like, um, like, like have sex or like mm-hmm. do drugs or drink or anything like that, a she's usually portrayed as being like, uh, like kind of a like bitchy person, a not nice person. <laughs> yeah. Like, which is kind of like a bit. Mm. It's a bit like a, I don't know. And also, she will like, always die. Me being a bitch has nothing to do with how much I drink. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and like. She always do- and then like you know like she'll always like die at the end, um, yeah. And they're always they're always blondes. They're always blondes as well. Like I don't know what it is like mm. you know like we're horror movies everywhere. Every horror movie directors everywhere. Like they like getting some beef with a blonde like at one point. <laughs> mm. Well, there is like the whole concept of like I really hate them. They're so like, and I'm not trying to do this as virtue signaling. They're like the worst form of humor. Blonde jokes, you know, where you assume oh, yeah. just because yeah. a woman is blonde, blondes and yeah. Yeah, and so like I, I don't know—is it connected to that? I like I Probably, could see it yeah, being cause connected. The, yeah. the, I feel like as the, well, like, like horror is so tropey. Like it's known for its tropes it is, yeah. that it's very difficult to. I don't know. Like I feel like you're either conforming to them or you're breaking them intentionally, but you never really break them accidentally. If you know what I mean. 
you never you can never really like, kind of avoid them per se like yeah and i think you probably are right nigel because mm-hmm. of the like mean um like promiscuous like not that i believe in promiscuity like as a yeah yeah as a concept but like the mean kind of like blonde who like has sex like she's usually like not too bright either like um mm-hmm. yeah like the whole oh she goes to run away and she trips over absolutely everything in her way oh. mm-hmm. i do find it interesting though how like they'll always be running like everyone will always be running like from the slasher and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how fast you can run like michael myers can always walk faster apparently yeah look to be fair i walk very fast Michael Myers is just, no. a power, just, just a power walker. Wait, Nigel, like. are you admitting to being to being Michael Myers? Is this Michael Myers live reveal on the podcast? I realize what <laughs> I've done now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is all a setup. No. I'm actually outside your right now with a camera to like... Uh, do, the Haddonfield the... police are outside of my shed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> knocking on the door like open up <laughs> but um but yeah like I, another thing with the like kind of the idea of the final girl trope is that the final girl mm. will like pretty much invariably be like white as well oh um, yeah there's always the joke that like um there's always a joke slash like stereotype that like black people will like die first in a horror movie from my experience they mm. usually don't die first like the like blonde aforementioned blonde like will usually mm. die first but um they like like black people like will like die in the movie mm. yeah and it's yeah. so much a thing now that like in most modern horror they go like oh we'll split up or we'll do this and then like the like characters the characters all look around them and then the black character will have to go oh hell no you know black people yeah. always die first i'm not splitting up and like you're not winning any brownie points for awareness by just drawing attention to the trope mm. yeah like, unless you're gonna fully subvert it, like... Yeah, like, do something water. interesting with it, like... Just, like, screw out, like, you're, like, from Scooby-Doo, like, let's let's split up, gang! <laughs> let's split up and look for clues. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, that. I suppose that would be why I think, like... Like, that's, I suppose that's kind of what I mean when I say, like, horror is kind of, like, walking a fine line between, like feminism is actually because on one hand like girls will mm. like the, the final survivor will usually be a girl and also i find the kind of like douchebag male mm. character who's like a bit like creepy and stuff like he never makes mm. like he never makes it to the end like um mm. but um on the other hand it kind of punishes women and girls for like um like i don't know enjoying themselves and like for existing <laughs> Um, just getting with guys like it's so it's, yeah yeah it's again like it's a bit of a like we said it's like you know the kind of madonna horror like kind of thing it's a bit mm. of a dichotomy and it's and like kind of like no one wins because like you know like the yeah. like the like whore like in inverted commas like dies the yeah like then the other person survives like but like you know like all her mm. friends are dead now yeah and like yeah the whole concept mm. of punishing women in horror films for breaking a taboo created by this concept of social purity and virtue created by men to justify Mm. their appetites is so funny and by funny i mean fucking annoying um yeah this whole episode is just this is funny and by funny i mean i hate it yeah that's what that's the reality of it like though because um the whole thing is just like punishing 
punishing women for like um doing anything like i swear like one of these days i'm gonna direct a horror movie and like a slasher and like the character who's being set up to be like the kind of final girl type character and she's gonna be like killed off 20 minutes to it put a bit of spice yeah, get a bit of spice like um into that, that would really throw you off i feel like that would be a truly unsettling film uh, yeah, yeah now i just need to know what now i know what need to know what to do with it <laughs> i'm imagining this film in my head and i feel like the whole thing every element of the film would be created and you just like shots would linger slightly too long or things mm. wouldn't be in like the score would be slightly out of sync or discordant in places you know not like, just every half the instruments be... are out of tune but the other half aren't yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, every little thing would be just, like, needling you. And, mm. like, you know, like, how horror films have that score where it'll, like, slowly build? I don't want that. I want it to be just, <laughs> no. like, like, it has to be the weirdest, like, jankiest thing you've ever fucking heard. <laughs> yes. And Absolutely. then, bam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oops, you're dead now. Oh, rip. Um, I do, and I also think that, like, generally speaking with slashers, we, like, I feel like the idea of like obviously you want to like you know like have deaths and whatever to like um again spice it up, but I feel like the idea of yeah. everyone has to die like except for one person, mm. like is a bit tired. Like I feel like you know like yeah. one guys would like who would you be killing by like um letting like one other person survive? Who would you be killing? <laughs> no one. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I gotcha. Are you a gamer, Ali? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to phrase that. I wanted to phrase that in the worst way possible. Sounds like the start possible. of like a terrible first date. A yeah, game, no, I'm a gamer was, girl. Yeah, I was like, what's the worst possible way? I play Nintendogs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so I do yes, a bit of gaming. I do a bit of gaming. Yeah, I do a bit of gaming yeah. every now and then, not as much as I'd like to. Have you played? I feel like everyone is kind of aware of this game. Well, like, you know, if you're into playing games, mm. or if you're into maybe horror, like, you're kind of aware of I'm Until Dawn as a concept. Oh, oh no. Never mind. Um, no, I haven't played that, actually. Oh, so, yeah, um, I think, like, Until Dawn is an interesting thing, because it's a choice-led narrative, so... Based that's off the one of... with Rami Malek, isn't it? Yes, Rami Malek and... Oh, yeah, I haven't played it, but my was... wa- I watched my boyfriend play through it. And, um, yeah, sort of just followed um, the story. <laughs> one of the yeah, one of the guys from Agents of Shield, the guy who plays Grant yes. from Agents of uh-huh. Shield, is in it. And then also mm-hmm. the lady from I think she was in Heroes, the whole like save the cheerleader save the world thing. Like that lady, she plays Sam. Ah, uh. correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, so yeah. it's like depend. It's a choice led mm-hmm. thing, and so like depending on who you are as a player, you can kill off any of the characters or you can keep them all alive if you want and like obviously yeah it does lean into a lot of tropes Mm. but it does Mm -hmm. enough to subvert them that you can be like this is an original kind of feeling because like you do have that whole concept of punishing someone for losing their virginity the whole like bitchy mean girl who's a different character actually um you know Mm. like the jock um the rami Mm -hmm. malik (laughs) You know, Rami Malik every friend his own, like, his own character. Yeah, so, yeah, Supermassive is doing really interesting things with horror genre. I wasn't a big fan of Man of Madan, which is basically just Until Dawn on a ship, except the monsters aren't real. Um, ah. Yeah, and then 
Um, Little mm-hmm. Hope is Little Hope is set in this town where there's also witches and demons, and it's like the whole thing is like, what if everyone has trauma? Uh, <laughs> and then House of House of Ashes, I haven't played much of. I like I realize this is probably mm-hmm. way off topic, and I'm very sorry. No, no, you're good. Yeah, no, I go. think it's an interesting branch of like telling horror because you can see it, but you have the thing in your hands. Like video games have always mm. been the most immersive way of telling a story because you put the thing yeah. in the person's Absolutely. hands and you tell them mm. go at it. Um, yeah, but House of it's Ashes, from what I've seen, yeah, House of Ashes has Ashley Tisdale for some reason in it as one of the main characters, and the setup is um, iconic. They should have named it House of Ashley's. Yeah, but... yeah, and only hired like people named Ashley. Yeah, Ashley Simpson yeah. plays another character. Um, <laughs> no, the whole setup of the film is mm. um, the U. It's two thousand and three. The U.S. is doing oh, war God, crimes scary. in Afghanistan. Um, oh no! Or sorry, in Iraq. Yeah, this is basically like post Operation Desert Storm. They're oh, looking Jesus. for um, Saddam Hussein. <laughs> yeah, that's well. That's the backdrop for the horror. And so they're in there, and you're like, okay, we have, like, you know, literally, okay, can I talk about one of the choices at the start? Mm, like, very, like this is very minor. It impacts yeah. just a tiny bit before you actually get down to the main horror, where you mm, can go mm-hmm. around and inspect items. This is a thing yeah. in Supermassive games. You can walk around, you can pick up items, they'll give you clues, they'll uh, lead to mm. choices later on. Yeah. There's this thing that you can just pick up. It doesn't tell you what it is because it's sitting on a table. You pick it up and you inspect it and you go, is this what I think it is? And it turns out it's a white phosphorus bomb. Um, it's which, a what? You know, it's a white phosphorus bomb. Why was that on the table? Well, because it's a weapon of mass destruction and the US is in the Middle East. You know, these are yeah. chemical <sighs> weapons yeah. which are banned by the Geneva Convention. And your character... He's like, these are bound by the Geneva Convention, and so then if you pick them, you can choose not to bring them along because they break the Geneva Convention, and then all of the characters mm-hmm. treat you like you're a bad person. What? <laughs> yeah. America it's 100. So... That did. That, that is... did five thousand psychic damage to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like that went that bit went on for far too long, both me telling it and in the story, because your character is set up as like an asshole. Um yeah. he's mm. actually Tisdale's character as X, but then when you make him make the choice of don't bring chemical weapons that are banned yeah. by the Geneva Convention to a fight with unarmed civilians, um mm. then they're like, Oh choice. yeah, then all the characters go, Oh, he's a fucking asshole. Oh, oh, oh. Man, the fuck the military, like Probably should mm. probably shouldn't say that. Like I'm gonna get arrested. Um, oh no! But, um, we're, yeah, we're just gonna lose our. We've lost our sponsor with the uh, United States Marines. <laughs> Damn it! Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine? But yeah, <laughs> like, interesting. I like. I want to come back to horror movies again, and and specifically, like something mm. to do something tangentially related to the um, to kind of what horror looked like in the post 9/11 um like kind of like landscape. But yeah. um, yes. One, but before I do that, I would like to like you know kind of get into things like horror games and maybe a bit of internet horror as well. Because I remember mm. one of my earliest memories playing of a horror game was um, when I was around. Again, I would have been around twelve and thir- twelve or thirteen, and we were at my cousin's house. And one of my cousins, he's uh, eleven months older than me, and mm. he was playing Slenderman, like um, which I like, oh. mean and everything. But it's quite it was quite a fun game. 
uh, very simple like himself but I remember you had the headphones on and the way it works is that like from what I remember you play a like you you find a page and then mm. with every page you find you hear a new like noise like when you find the first page I think it's like foot you can hear footsteps so when you find the second one you can oh. hear breathing mm-hmm. and like things like that my cousin got so freaked out that he took off the headphones so then I was wearing the headphones while he was <laughs> playing the game and, it remi- and what reminded me of this was I remember I think it was Eli Roth said if you want to make a horror less scary don't close your eyes cover your ears and it's so true mm. like yeah I think that like a lot of times a horror like the sound can be like but like with horror games in general I actually haven't played that many I'm very aware of Five Nights at Freddy's um <laughs> Like, um, yeah, like, uh, like, re- like, regardless of the fact it was created, it was created by Redacted. Um, mm. like, there are some good stuff in there. I want to play it, I've never got the chance to. I know the lore and everything, but the game that I started a while back and I never finished, and I really need to, like, you know, get properly back into is Bendy and Ink Machine, which is, oh, um, yeah, I like the art style. Very... I've never played it, but it I great. love the art style. I, I dressed up as Alice yeah. Angel last year for Halloween. It was my, uh, like, oh, yeah. I had two costumes last year. I was Poison Ivy and um, <laughs> Alice, Alice Angel. Mm. Um, but, like, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, but, like, it's interesting, like, we're on topic of, like, horror things that are not necessarily mm. movies. Um, I find one thing that, like, scares me. I'm kind of like, uh, reading a horror, like, watching a horror movie. Who cares? Yeah. Reading a creepy, reading a creepy pasta. <laughs> or watching a scary video on YouTube. Mm. Like that's a different um that's a different yeah. ball game. I don't know I don't know why like but um I think it's a whole that um, other like, fish. Yeah. Are any of you familiar with VHS horror? I am aware of both of those things separately. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Fair, fair. Um I'm kind of only somewhat kind of um coming on to it um myself, but um I was first aware of it through this um Five Nights at Freddy's um, VHS series by the creator called Squimpus McGrimpus, who, um, she made a, <laughs> a very fun name. Um, she made a, like, thing that was basically, like, tell- going into different parts of the Five Nights at Freddy's lore with, um, but in the format of, like, you know, kind of VHS, like, tapes, like, kind of like a similar idea to, um, VHS tapes and cassette recording, kind of a similar idea to, like, you know, the kind of found footage horror, like, um, oh, like genre. Yeah, which which I think can be very um can be very fun, like um yeah and very that's good. What like my, done right. That's what my dissertation is about. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Legend. Well, the use of fake documentary evidence in fan footage. Oh. Mm. I love that, but like um like it's similar ideas, and I remember once because like one of my brothers would be really into Five Nights at Freddy's, and I remember um he was watching. Mm-hmm. One of the um, he was watching one of the like Five Nights Freddy's VHS videos on um, like we have a smart TV, so like we were watching it on YouTube on the TV, and <laughs> I remembered the way it was like it was showing like in the kind of style of Five Nights at Freddy's, um, mm. it was showing like um, five um of the like Foxy animatronic kind of like eight bit sprites, and then okay. like every so often it would kind of I think it would kind of cut away and then it would cut back and there'd be one less there. Uh, yeah. And as far as I remember, the idea was like, because like you know, the whole thing is that children go missing and like um, 
Five Nights Freddy's and the, they were meant to represent the kids. But like it was so simple, mm. but like there was just something about it, like, you know, that I was just like, oh God, this is really freaky. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times, like things like that, simplicity can like, um, like something so small can like be so scary. Mm. Yeah, no, like you don't need very complex things to yeah. elicit fear in somebody. You just need to push the right buttons. Yeah, and also the fact sometimes that it's made like, you know, in a kind of an amateurish style. It makes, mm. it feels in a way more real. You're kind of like, oh, holy shit, like, what if? Yeah, it's like something you could like see like a friend of yours filmed as opposed to like something that's very like studio production. Like, is that kind of like? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, absolutely. But like, yeah, that's kind of why, like... that's why like the Blair Witch Project like you know so scared mm. was so scary at the time because mm. everyone was like this feels like something an amateur shot uh you know there's no mm. rehearsed poly well obviously we know there is now but it yeah. did not appear that there was like polished shots and a nice flowing sequence of like set pieces yeah mm. like and um, the Blair Witch Project was the first kind of mainstream like found for her job Horror. Yeah. And, like the way it starts, like the way it starts is quite like um, chilling. Like you know, like text on the screen appears saying like um, you know, mm. three like three documentary students they went missing. Like in the woods, they were never like they like they were never seen again. But like a year later, their footage was found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like even mm. though we're all like we're all grown up and mature enough to know that like um, mm. it's not actually real. Like you know, but there's something yeah. about it that can like almost make you believe it. Like. Yeah, yeah, it it feels real, despite your brain telling you that it isn't. Yeah, if you're That's into good, early yeah. found footage films, I had to like put this as a disclaimer at the start of my the section I'm doing on the Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know, like it wasn't the first, but it's the mainstream one that everyone mm-hmm. holds up as the pinnacle yeah. of the genre. Blah 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 blah. Um, Cannibal Holocaust, which I would not yeah. recommend. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, Cannibal Holocaust came out nearly 20 years before Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Um, broadcast was the year before Blair Witch. Sorry, okay. these are just they, some they... weird facts that I had to learn. Yeah. They walked so that, um, they walked so that the Blair Witch Project could run. Exactly, because then when you look at all of the, like, found footage mm-hmm. films that came after, you know, when, because... So I had to do the maths on this as well. May may I mm-hmm. return briefly to my dissertation? You can say no. Of I course, feel like you we can. have to say yes though, because I desperately want to know what you're about to say. Yeah, like uh, I'm not gonna okay. want to so invested now. Are you sure? <laughs> Genuinely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the Blair Witch Project was made for a budget of between. This is according to like official statistics between two hundred thousand and five hundred thousand dollars and it yielded a gross profit of two hundred and forty eight million dollars which oh, wow. is a hundred and twenty three thousand nine hundred to forty nine thousand five hundred percent increase in um money so Ooh. like it really showed that you yeah. can get a lot out of something you put very little effort into to create this um amateur mm. found footage mm. stuff and it's like you know Paranormal activity ran away with this shit. Paranormal activity Absolutely, was like, yeah. like they walked so that their witch project could run, so that paranormal activity could just sprint off like into somewhere else. Like, 
So yeah. Paranormal Activity could sprint off, have a good first lap, and then fall on its face. <laughs> Rip Paranormal Activity. The, yeah, the new films are not good. Haven't seen Ooh, them. Yeah. Would not recommend. It is interesting, though, the um, horror, like, um, when I think about, like, I'm very interested in horror, like, and, mm. like, what I've been kind of, like, mentioning a couple times that I keep meaning to come back to is the kind of very weird place that horror was in, um, like, in the noughties, kind of, um, sort of, like, post-9, post-9-11, like, um, the way things were, like, a lot of the most popular horror movies were, um, like J horror and like Japanese horror mm. and, and J horror, and then something which is known as the um very classically named um, torture porn subgenre. Uh yeah, which is interesting because horror is like one of my favorite genres ever. But the torture porn subgenre, I feel comfortable in saying, is the worst thing that like you know, like um we as people have ever like contributed. Yeah, but like um. So yeah, like you can imagine being a horror fan and like the Nahis is kinda like, oh, you wanna go see a horror movie? Well, like, yo, you can see Hostel, or you can see this American remake of like this Asian horror movie. Missing the point, optional but recommended. Like that's your um yeah. that's your lot, like that's your choice. But I think <clears throat> what bothers me about the like Birthburn subgenre so much is that the idea that because it is so violent and because it is so extreme, it must be like saying something it must mean something like simply yeah. the fact that it is violent and depicts like horrendous like acts of violence against people then like it must um mean something yeah like the violence has to be for a reason like there's no way the directors just made it because like they're fucked up <laughs> they're weird yeah yeah, yeah. like so I, said... I sorry what no go ahead no 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 you were, you were saying something <laughs> i had a, a follow-up question to that to your point but you were going to talk oh yeah like i just meant that like my point was that like it didn't like obviously it did start in the noughties like there were like you know like certain ventures in the um 20th century as well like i mentioned the last mm -hmm. house on the left like i don't know whether that technically like classifies as a torture porn but it is a rape and revenge mm -hmm. like um which yeah. is a genre that's um like kind of problematic like in some ways like mm -hmm. it can be like it isn't always like in its own um right like yeah. um there's one the 120 Days of Sodom by, like, Pasolini, um, which everyone thinks is really, everyone thinks is really, like, strong and, like, powerful because it, like, has a message that, like, fascism is bad. People are entitled <laughs> to their own opinions, um, <laughs> but they are wrong. It is not a good movie just because it has a, like, very basic, like, true message. <laughs> that movie is yeah. like Nemesis, like. I've yeah. never seen it. Mm. Sorry, what were you saying, yeah. Nigel? Do you think then that gore has a place in horror? Like, because you can show violence without being like explicitly gory. And I'm thinking again of the degloving scene in Gerald's game. Um, I think that serves a point, but it's also like I wish I had never seen it, and I wish I could forget it. I wish I could remove my axe. Um, but um, yeah. Um, I feel like yeah, like it probably like it. Like it does have a place. I'd be very hesitant to say. Um, I'd be very hesitant to say that like it can't be like like it can never be um, used right. Mm. But like there's always a line, and um, I feel like a lot of times when like horror movie directors decide that they want to like satirize something, like whether that's like you know um, fascism or 
like oppressive governments or like anything like that and they're yeah. like oh what metaphor could we use for this it's always sexual violence that they pick mm. like and i think that that's um like i actually ended up writing a like blog post um which um i will probably post a link to it in the show notes like where i was talking about like why well, i don't want to see rape scenes in our movies anymore like which um mm. kind of discusses this this whole thing like just particularly in horror movies but like it can be in anything like the idea that like you, ju- you you show something so violent and so horrible and like just to show just to say like oh wow look at this bad thing like look at this bad thing that happens and yeah. i'm like well yeah but like that didn't do anything like now i just feel kind of um sad like in a bit and a bit mm-hmm. sick like I don't think that you should have, like, gore or sexual violence there, like, just for the sake of it kind of, like, um, being there. Like, I love, like, don't get me wrong, like, I like I love a good, like, kind of, like, slasher kill that's a bit, like, oh, Jesus, like, I can't watch, mm. but, like, I feel like there's yeah. slight, like, like, I don't want to say obsession, but, like, there's... Also tone as well, like, like, there's yeah, a difference between violence and sexual violence, I think. In uh, absolutely like a way that like slasher killers like say you know you watch like scream or something like which would be probably the one of the horror movies i'd know best and you look at some of the killing yeah, yeah. but they're almost fantastical like yeah, you know, yeah how often are you gonna be stabbed by somebody with a knife while they're wearing a halloween costume like that feels a lot more fantastical than like something more intimate uh or and sexual violence, like which feels a lot more, I guess it, it's a much more real fear. I think, like, yeah, and it's a more common reality for people than, you know, like crazy man with chainsaw running after you in a field. Like, absolutely, there's definitely like a absolutely different levels of, I guess, what like you're sort of suspension of disbelief nearly so like when you something feels more real yeah that feels more scary absolutely and i think there is like a sort of like i don't want to say obsession but there is a way in which um horror kind of leans towards like the um graphic like torture of like particularly women and like Mm. if you ever like criticize it or if you ever say like that shouldn't be there or we shouldn't do as much like the response you're always met was like but this stuff happens, like, you know, like, this happens in real life, and I'm like... Yeah. I'm like, yeah, like, sometimes I stay, I sleep in bed till, like, two in the afternoon, I'm not gonna make a movie about it. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, it just, like, in a way, kind of irritates me, because I think that horror can be so good in so many ways, and it can be fun, and it can, like, mm. it can inspire thought, and it can be, like, it can be anything. And the one thing I don't yeah. like is when people just shove, like, loads of, like, violent, potentially triggering material mm. and then act as if, like, oh, it's it's good, like, you know, because it speaks about humanity. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Yeah, or they like... act as if they've mm-hmm. done you a service. Like, you, like, you as a, like, woman need to be reminded of all the awful things that could happen when you walk out the door. And then they yeah. go, well, we're I... just reminding you. <laughs> like the, the, like the, yeah. this is the one because like you know I say that like I like sometimes say like somewhat hyperbolically that I don't want to see like rape and revenge movies directed by like mm. men anymore and like people mm. say like but like that stuff happens to men too and I'm like I'm absolutely aware it does so why do they always pick women as the victims mm. yeah 
Very true. Like, it, it, the maths isn't maths thing. Like, um... <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I feel like that would be... I feel like that area of horror is probably the only... The only area that I am, like, very kind of, um, in a way, sort of, like, prejudiced against. Because I think it's lazy. I think it's, um exploitative like in the worst case and mm. like you end up with things like the human centipede and like if you're blessed oh. enough not to know what that is i want to like climb into your brain and like live there for a while and like not know <laughs> yeah definitely yeah like uh, i always just feel like you know when jurassic park when he's like your scientists were so preoccupied with like whether they could do something they never stopped <laughs> thinking about whether they should <laughs> that's a very good way to describe that movie yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But like mm. other than that, I feel like I don't know, I feel like horror is kind of going these days especially I feel like the 2010s have been amazing for horror like um there's like people like Mike Flanagan, James mm-hmm. Wan. I think James Wan was doing things before that, but like I kind of only popped on yeah. him like with the conjuring stuff. <laughs> Jordan Peele like etc. It feels like mm-hmm. a lot of times there's been kind of like trends with horror. Yeah. Like, for example, like, you know, they're like slashers, like in the 80s, kind mm-hmm. of, and, um, like, intense violence and, like, um, <laughs> kind of, like, psychological, yeah. like, kind of, like, sci-fi horrors, like, you know, like, kind of mm. naughties and stuff, and yeah. now I just feel like there isn't really a trend as such, like, your trend seems to be kind of, like, do something different. Yeah, I feel like as it's gotten easier for films to just be made in general, and, like, films are becoming a more accessible medium, like... Mm every day and only be a good thing you yeah you you just you end up with so many more films and therefore you end up with so much more variety yeah hey Absolutely. ali would you like would you like to know some of the horror films that james wan did before the 2010s i know he did <laughs> saw yeah it's the saw films <laughs> yeah, yeah that was the one i was like I was I I knew he'd done something like something and I was like like is it thought like um I haven't seen any yeah, of the Saw did, movies. He did five of like them the before I like 2010. One... I haven't seen any of the Saw like... movies, but I have seen that like meme that went around about how um they happened during like 9/11 or something because one of the guy's phones like uh, was the date on his phone was like September 11th 2001 or something in the first one. And now this well, could have been made up. And I just believed it, but I'm choosing to believe <laughs> that um, that's a true Easter egg but because it's just so bizarre. That mm. is quite. That I, I'm choosing to believe that too. I would like. I haven't seen the Saw movies. I would like to. Like, mm. yes, I know I went off on a like rant about like the <laughs> entire movie. Yes, I still mm. want to see like Saw. Like at least maybe the first three or something. We exist. Yeah. Um, I'm a hip. I'm a hypocrite. Like, um, <laughs> what can I say? Um, be critical, mm. but like, um, but like, watch, um, yeah, watch what you want. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so first, sorry. The point I was originally going to make was that I was reminded of my tweets about Saul. I got really into like tweeting about Saul, despite having seen like none of the films. Um, <laughs> but it was like, it was just like. If if I were, if I woke up in a saw trap and that little puppet man said to me, "I have put a bomb up your butt and you need to remove it if you want to survive," I would just say no and die. I'm like, um, see ya. Yeah, no, but 
James Wan. Oh my god. I didn't realize he had done this. I've heard of this film. It's a film from 2007 called Dead Silence. <laughs> no! <laughs> did you do that? Yeah. Are you aware of Dead Silence? Yes, I'm aware. Like, I haven't seen it. Like, I probably will end up seeing it because, like, I've got, like, no standards for all my talk. But, like... <laughs> Oh, although I won't spoil, I won't spoil the thing at no, the I ending. No, I know, because... I know, I know the, I know the twist. Like you know, like. But... Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. I didn't realize he did this, and I'm just, I'm on the Wikipedia now. I'm the. If you ever want to like have a laugh, go to the Wikipedia plot summary of a bad film and see how they explain it to you. <laughs> yes, like, this is so funny. You could just see them being like, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. like some poor intern has to do this. <laughs> Like, or at least has to fact check it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's um, like it's oh my god, like you know, like it's genuinely like insane. It is funny though with the Saw movies. It reminds me of um this like meme, like this YouTube channel. I think it's Dead Meat. Like you know they um, mm. I haven't seen the video, but I know he was like reviewing the third Saw movie and like the main victim in that. He nicknamed him um his name's Jeff, but he nicknamed him like slow ass motherfucking Jeff. Because <laughs> Jeff does everything at a pace of like snail, and like loads of people die like because of it, and like he wastes oh. a load of time. And then there's this also thing saying like if you're in a saw trap, like um, if you're if you were in a saw trap, and like generally speaking, if you have to work with other people, your chances of survival like drastically like drop. Because mm. like group, because group projects. Um, but I meant, <laughs> but I was just thinking like this, like you know, the meme format, like of you know the heart rate, like you're know, like beat getting like faster oh yeah it's like mm. i wake up i wake up in an unfamiliar room i find out it's a saw trap gets faster again um i have to work with someone else gets faster again so ass motherfucking jeff like walk through the door <laughs> imagine like you know like you're getting like like something's gonna chop off your head and this guy's just like taking his time like <laughs> no concept of, that's like, a of the situation yeah, like, yeah, at one point he ends up screaming at a person, because, like, the whole thing is that there are people who, like, kind of were involved in, like, a tragedy that happened to him, but he ends up, like, you know, like, screaming at them, like, and getting distracted, and then the person ends up, like, dying. <laughs> Just, like, vibes. <laughs> I found another, I found another Saw-related tweet. Me, waking up oh, in God. a Saw trap. Whoa, this is just, like, Saw. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Get extreme boss baby vibes off this. <laughs> yes. The boss mean, baby like, is a horror guys. film. Mm. Nigel's hatred of the boss baby continues. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot this is an established thing. <laughs> it's like your canonical um, hatred of the boss baby franchise. Yeah. Like Tessa, who was on a previous episode of Hyperfixations, like tagged me in something to do with Hayden and the boss baby. I'm like, how did you know that? And she was like, you you brought this up so many times, Nigel. I'm like, oh, I have. <laughs> nice. Boss baby. Is Sorry. Our, your own personal that's brand. What that, that's what we're going. That's what we're going with today. That's mm -hmm. the takeaway of the episode. Yeah. Um. Get out. Get out is not a comedy, and boss baby is a horror. That's that, yeah. that's what I came here to say. Thank you. And also, Nigel is Michael Myers. Thank you all. I thought you have forgotten that. <laughs> Never. <laughs> okay, so I'm. Uh, we can wrap it up there, unless you have anything else you'd like to say. Uh, no thanks. I'm all good. 
Perfect. Yeah. But actually, before we go, Ali, I've got to ask, how did I do? Yeah. Did Amazing. I do okay? Yeah. You were brilliant. You were perfect. Uh, you were Wait. brilliant. Wait. This Wait. episode yeah. is freaky, but between Ali and Mal. Oh my god. Yeah, it is. It really Venus. is. We, and this episode, oh and it will come out on a Friday. Yet another hyperfixation's <laughs> big brain moment. <laughs> oh, Mal, they all like come out on Fridays. Yeah, but no, I was trying to like, <laughs> I, I it to make it be more but like, the, like but you've the done it in me. I was trying to do a bit. Um, oh. The fact remains that it will come out on a Friday. Like, give me a second while I see if I like, because I think that this cool thing like might happening. Oh my god! Wow. This episode, I'm, I'm pretty sure, unless I've done the maths wrong, which is entirely likely, is coming out the Friday before my birthday. Ooh! Yo, more hyperfixations, big brain. Very cool. Very cool. Very pog. So pog. So um. So Epic yeah. Gamer moment. Yes, it is. So, Ali, right. where can we find you on social media and online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AliCat underscore Ali spelled like Alleyway, cat spelled with a K. And you can find me on Instagram at Ali, A-L-L-Y underscore K underscore Keegan. I've said that so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, and yeah, so if you guys want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at NotMolly with three underscores in between it um but i don't do a whole lot there and go follow her yeah. she's really cool yeah go follow me you can see like every like month or so like i'll go out to a pub and i'll take a picture of the pine temple <laughs> that's, that, that, that's that's, that's like a spice <laughs> and nigel where can we find you uh you can mainly find me on twitter at spicy nigel where um Recently, I've been tweeting about counting the word meat in a different podcast. Um, I and saw also, that, the, yeah. like, yeah, I was like, Amazing. I was on a train back from Limerick and I was like, the whole thing was in the episode. It was said, I wonder how many times the word meat has been said. And then someone else said, someone should count it. And then they were like, no, don't do that. And then I was like, well, I've got a whole train ride to kill. Um, yeah, yeah, I do it anyway. Yeah. The, the but if you want to see that, Nigel counting meat, go follow her on Twitter. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll tweet yeah. about Saul again. <laughs> Please do. Very cool. Um, and yeah, you can find the Hyperfixations pod on Hyperfixations P on Twitter. That... Or at hi- yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or at Hyperfixations pod on Instagram. Rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts, be it at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or in the heat haze above an electrical wire, wherever. If you would like mm-hmm. to come onto the show to discuss one of your hyperfixations, please feel free to reach out at any of the aforementioned social media. Or just yell very loudly. We'll hear you. Yeah. We will. All right. See you guys next week. Well, I won't, but you will. Hey. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for being our host. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's been so fun. Amazing. It's been delightful. Bye. 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 Bye.